ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. This is episode 75. It looks like we might have to start doing like the uh, show before the show. Because my brother is like, he's on his bag lately, man. He's he's, <laughs> he's on his bag, yo. Like, I love him, but yo, he's he's pushing the buttons. It's like. I mean, that's literally my job over here is to push the buttons to make the episode go. So what do you want? You like, you push the button. Like, you have it too. Yeah, you have it. That's your job. <laughs> Andre's afraid he's yeah, gonna press know. it. I wrong. got my yes. insecurities. Um, yeah, everything's good. Speaking of insecurities, God, yeah. I'm so shiny. Well, what do you do? What do you do? No, for a living. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to uh, BurgerFi in Raleigh yesterday uh, for lunch. Yeah. Oh well, hold up. Before you do that, cooking. I feel like I really I need to update that bumper because we rarely even talk about cooking anymore. It's mostly just food. So it just should be like nom 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 food nom 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 with a. Well, that might work out. But uh, I went I went to BurgerFi and uh, the the cashier counter girl was like, uh, "Do you have a name?" And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> and I. <laughs> My mother gave it to me. And I, I was like, I don't think she's going to get it. <laughs> Would you like to hear it? <laughs> and I like, you know, part of me was just like, probably the question would be, what's the name for the order? But she literally said, do you have a name? Yeah. I was like, yes. And I was walking away and I was like, oh, I'm, I, you didn't get it. And I said, Andre. And she smiled. So I knew she wasn't offended. So, yeah. And yeah, that's uh, I, I call that my my sales persona. Oh. Like when I'm on on like a business trip, I you know, I'm much more like, you know, <laughs> playful, I guess, right. in my interactions, uh, which basically just means oh, like okay. I'm my dad. Like I I say the same kind of like webinar Andre, you know, like uh, kinda, but it's more like pod. It's like well. No, because it's not even like <laughs> podcast Chris, because it's not. And you, you don't know, drop any f And <laughs> no, but it's. I don't know what it is. It's just like there's a certain level of comfort with like I. I think part of it is like I know that I'm here and I'm probably right. not going to see these people again. You know, or like in a sales meeting, it's. I like to inject a little bit of humor. Humor is good. Um, humor is good. It is, you know, I mean, like uh, one of the things that my mom taught me because I work for my mom, but even just in general is like you got to make it fun. You got to make the presentation somewhat fun um, because these people sit through presentation after presentation after presentation. And if you can make it fun, you'll make it more memorable uh, and they're more likely to come back because they at least enjoy it, even if they're not able to use any of the stuff that you ultimately we just want to see them again. We're not going to buy. We're not going to buy anything. Yeah. Exactly. We just want to hear your stupid jokes, you know, like she would like all the all the uh, calls that I went on with her early. You know, she'd be like going through stuff and she'd be like, that's it. And they'd be like, oh, OK. And she'd be like, but wait, 
there's more. And then she'd bring out like a bag of stuff that she's just like these random things that she's collected over the years. I'm like, have I ever shown you this? Or what about this? You know, and people are always like, oh, that's cool. That's dope. (laughs) They know that it's coming now. That's her shtick. Yeah. Like trying to, it's, yeah, that's that's kind of her shtick. Yo, I made this uh, vegan uh, tofu deli meat. Gosh. Yeah. It's a banger, yo. What? So. What kind of deli oh, meat is it? It's is it I've made turkey, turkey and smoked ham, is it? and it is bananas. Okay. So, um, I thought you said it was tofu. <laughs> Father, grant me the strength and the patience to remember who I want to be, not who I am. Um, yeah, it's actually um, I don't. Where did I get the recipes from? Um, I was browsing around on the internet somewhere and just looking for, like, cause I love sandwiches. That's, that's one of my things. And, uh, like, but I've actually yeah. started to get really craved tomato sandwiches, like tomato, lettuce and other stuff on it and avocado. It's like really good. Um, mm-hmm. but I was like, nah, yeah, I'd like to see if there's a possibility of making like a, a real vegan deli slice. And my wife had been buying these these packs of vegan deli slices. They're like six bucks. You get like ten or twelve slices. It's yeah, not it's cheap not, at all. It's not cheap. Vegan stuff in general, especially the like the the protein yeah. or the meat replacement stuff, tends to be pretty. And I found this recipe, too. and um, if I could remember the person, so I can give them a shout out. It's like it's bananas, man. It's like it's really like really good. So when I made the first batch. I gave some to my daughter. I'm like, hey, just tell me. Because my wife, she gives me like the, oh, it's good. But, and I, and I don't want to hear. I just want to hear like, is it good or not? Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear your criticism. Just tell or not. me it's delicious <laughs> and leave just, me the hell alone. <laughs> I just want, I want like the, it's good or not good. No, I I mean, I, yeah. I hear exactly what you're saying. Like, I... You know, like when I make stuff the other night, I made mashed potatoes and like Christy's very particular about her mashed potatoes because she makes really, really good mashed potatoes. And this was like just kind of a, well, we don't know what we're having, right. so I'm going to throw something together. But I was like, I got, like they got to be somewhat decent or she's just going to not eat them. Um, and so she, she went back for seconds and I was like, all right, that's a good sign. But of course, like I had to be like, <laughs> yeah. so did I do good, you know, like I had validation. to get that verbal, uh, validation. Yeah. Like, yeah, but my, just, my, uh, what my wife does is she'll play me, right? She'll be like, oh, it was good. And then like a few hours later, you know, that was really good, but I'm like, no, 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 you can't do that. You got to say it's either good or not good on the first taste. And then I can make adjustments. Right. But, uh, my daughter tried, um, she actually tried the both both varieties and she was like this is really good but i really like the mm-hmm. turkey flavor and i'm like well that's dope so and i know my do- but she said but too yeah but she like she says yeah <laughs> she said her fit she's but my favorite is blah not the the extra like commentary um and i was like yo this is really good and i made like a bunch of sandwiches it, it's really the tofu makes gives it a better base. It's got some vital wheat gluten in it also, mm-hmm. but the tofu makes it um, just more like, I don't know. It's not a, it's actually like a deli sliced chew or and a bite to it, which is kind of interesting. I didn't think that would be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, 
nor did I think that tofu could be like the base of another, like a real base of something else and would hold the, um, hold its texture. If that makes sense. I was kind of skeptical of that. Um, but it was really good. A lot of the times it depends on how you prepare the tofu. Um, so, you know, like a lot of it, like if we order tofu from, you know, like a little hole in the wall, Japanese or not Japanese, but like a Chinese place or you know, some, Right. Chinese food place. Asian food is what it really ought to be called. It's like a Taco yeah. Bell for Chinese food. It's not really Chinese food. Um, but th- like half the time you'll get it and it's just this like spongy, you know, gooey, like not gooey, but just like the spongy blob yeah. of nothing. Like there's no flavor. Right. There's no texture to it. It's just kind of like, ugh. Um, or it'll be like really chewy. And it's like you got to yeah, – because you have to press – and drain as much of the liquid out as you can without overdoing it. Um, you don't want to like super compress it. One of the things that I've done that I did once and it's a little time consuming, so I haven't gotten a chance to do it again, but it, I really enjoyed the texture was dehydrating really? tofu. So using the, yeah, like my, um, the Ninja foodie has a dehydrator, uh, setting on it. And so you slice it into relatively thin slices and then just leave it in there for a few hours to dehydrate and it helps you know just to get all of that moisture out and then what you can basically do is rehydrate it in whatever marinade or spices or whatever it is that you're you're wanting to add see that's that's the type of stuff that i like you know like um i actually i'm going to tell you where i got that recipe from because i use nextcloud and if you don't know it's like your own personal uh, Dropbox, blah, blah, blah. You figure out whatever that means to you. Um, it's the website. <laughs> Thank God they're not paying us for this plug because it's like Dropbox, a competitor. You well, figure out use, what that means. People use Dropbox for different <laughs> things, right? Like I, I, no, I know. I know. Like, it's just... if, if Nextcloud they're open source, so they're probably never going to be a sponsor. But I love it. It's uh, it's great for geeks like me. Um, the website is eighty uh, six eats dot com, um, and they have there's a lot of recipes. The is number that the number, number eighty six or is it okay? Not spelled out. Eighty six eats dot com and with an how do you e. spell eats? <laughs> Eat. E-A-T-S is there also an A? Dot com. Okay, because you just said with an E, so it's like I'm like, how do you make the rest of the sounds? With with letters. Um, <laughs> but um, I swear to God, man, like this guy moves away. Now he's yeah. like all froggy and like I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why why are we here? Where ribbit? <laughs> but I I will say that. Um, and the reason I mentioned Nextcloud is because another thing I was actually going to do was to write a recipe app because I hate most recipe apps I've tried to use. Um, but I found one that's uh, a, a plugin type app for Nextcloud where, and that's where I put a lot of my notes and documents and I use, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I keep all of my working files in Nextcloud and it made the perfect, you know, made perfect sense to be able to have my recipes there. I can take recipes, take the URL if they're using. Um, now I can't think of the name of the format. Uh, there's a new, there's a format that you can use, like um, 
rich content or some crap like that. I don't remember what it's called. But most current and contemporary websites, when they have recipes, you can actually take, there's a separate format under or with the HTML to where you can take that URL and mm -hmm. just have the recipe show up. I was like, hey, that's exactly what I need. So I'll find recipes on the internet now and I can just bring it into that and bring it into my next cloud instance and have all the ingredients and everything like that. It's, it's brilliant. It's, it's awesome. I love it. So. See, that was a much better ad for next Well, thank cloud. you. I, I <laughs> 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 I'm always trying to try harder. So, but seriously, that sounds really cool. I mean, cause one of the things that I hate about, recipe hunting on the internet is where do you keep it all it's like you know pinterest was a place that i had tried doing that but yeah. i really hate the organization um on pinterest just in general it gets really confusing um you know uh there's a app called yeah, meal yeah, yeah. time yeah. or cook time or something like that i tried using that for a while and it wasn't bad um you know, like you can enter like your own recipes. So I would start doing that where it's like creating my own recipes within um, the app itself so that I had things so that when I would go shopping, you can and like sync it to your grocery right? list and stuff like that so you can see. It is definitely clunky. Like in the way that you tracks the weeks and the days and stuff like that, like should be much easier to, um, you know, make adjustments and stuff. Because then, you know, it's like you miss a day and it's in a. It, or you, you're doing your meal prep on a different day than you normally would, and it right. gets all screwy. Um, so, but yeah, so that's interesting though. I'd, I'd yeah, and it's actually called out. Open Recipe Format. So there's a bunch of structured data formats that you can you can program, or it's not really programming, but write into HTML um, for tweets mm -hmm. and all all of the types of stuff. But I I find it a lot easier as I'm browsing it, like like probably once or twice a month, I'll go outside of my cookbooks and look for different recipes. Um, and it's just really simple to take a recipe from the website itself and not have to copy and paste and, and crap like that. So, um, yeah, I, I really do enjoy yeah. it, but the vegan deli meat, it's legit. Um, I actually, I don't think I've done like a new recipe in a really long time. I've just been cooking a lot of the same. It's been very basic lately. Like, I don't know if it's yeah. just because I'm in my parents' house. And so it's like, you know, it, life is a little bit different. I don't have all of my kitchen right. appliances at my disposal. So like, I don't have my food processor. I brought my Ninja Foodie with me because I was like, I can't <laughs> I had... live without it. <laughs> I must have I my air a, fryer. Uh, so I needed a food processor for this recipe, right? And um, yeah, I was like, I'll just go buy a food processor. Not a big deal. And my daughter's like, she's like, no, dad, sure, look at yeah. this one. Oh. So the one I was going to buy was like 60 bucks, right? And the one that she was like, no, it's a food yeah. processor and a blender. And I'm like, oh, it's like Tim Allen out. I'm like, yeah, that's great. So it was like 120 bucks, but it's actually pretty good. I can knead dough in it. It's like just amazing. Um because I do spend a lot more nice. time in the kitchen. So yeah, I, I would really recommend, like if you're still on that whole diet thing and every now and then I eat seafood because, you know, again, Puerto Rico, it's just kind of like, when I when I say that, it's like, my wife's like, did you tell Chris? I'm like, yeah, I mean, like I went to Puerto Rico, like it's fresh seafood. I said, but don't get it I twisted. Mean, like I'm not. I know, vegan but police. what pisses me off like, is like it's we import sixty five and some places say eighty percent of our seafood, and I'm, like, and I'm like, don't we have fish I, here? Where are we getting these these fish from? Um, yeah, I, I mean, 
there are places down here in Wilmington that import how and why fish. it's crazy. I mean, Gordon Ramsay and John Taffer used to find it on restaurants all the time where people were importing frozen stuff from way far away as opposed to using local, you know, fishermen because they never it's like the thought doesn't cross their mind. You know, they think it's cheaper to buy frozen crap. And it's like, no, all you're doing is diminishing right. the quality of your product and therefore causing people to not right. want to come back it's, to your restaurant. Well, we'll talk. I know there's a lot of things about restaurants um, we'll get to. But anyway, let's talk about sports. Sports. And I've said this time and time again. I I can't even believe that I, what I read as the first like sports topic here. Like I I was thinking about it on my drive over here like, I wonder how much preseason football Andre has watched because the Denver Broncos have been looking pretty good, but he's going to be like, it's preseason. Show me in the real season when it actually counts. And no, instead he's like, <laughs> my Denver Broncos are 3-0 and they beat the Seattle Seahawks last night. Yeah, I get it. You know, like, congratulations. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be your quarterback. I think baby. he may get the starting job. Like, the... They're they're both. So is that no? It I think for they're they're pretty then? close in stats. And uh, one of the the things I was reading was the the dropbacks that Drew Locke had to face, where the O line was weak. And I've said this time and time. Is he playing behind a different O line than Teddy? Well, there are two different types of quarterbacks, right? So if you exclude those, and the, actually Fangio said, I'm going to have to watch that game with a remote in my hand to see what the difference was. I'm like, I can respect that because it's true. There are two different types of quarterbacks. Locke is mobile, but he's not Bridgewater mobile. You know what I mean? It's like in the... Yeah, I mean, he's white. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to say it. I know. I'll say it. <laughs> like, Drew Locke is sneaky athletic, <laughs> not athletic. <laughs> I got nothing after that, yo. I really don't. Um, but I will say that I still think that Drew Locke from what I've seen and what I appreciate about him as a quarterback, I think he's probably the right long-term quarterback. Now, whether he gets the time to you know prove that, that's debatable outside of my control. I, I really feel like he, well, there's an advantage. He doesn't have anything to prove. Like, to be honest, like, it's not about the position. He doesn't have anything to prove because he got a full, you know, pretty, you know, give or take a full season. People will give him um, the benefit of the doubt. Teddy Bridgewater could like play himself into an injury. Um, I mean, yeah, he you know he got injured last year, yeah. right, playing in Carolina, and that affected his ability to be effective right. the rest of the season. Um, which I think was ultimately what that and I mean, I know that the coaching staff had mentioned, like Carolina's coaching staff had mentioned some issues that they had with late game yeah. decision making and stuff like that and which i think was a, it's relative it's relative whatever. and it's fa it's um, factual you know that that was that's my hesitation yeah, of starting the guy. I, it's like mm, he's got too much to prove he'll make mistakes that cost you games but 
He could, but I, you know, I think he's he's shown at times the ability to be a solid. Yes. Rookie, yes. You know, like I, not not a a an all star, right, or an all pro or a pro bowler, but like he's probably a top middle, you know, middle third of the league quarterback and probably in the top half of that middle. Third. So when I, when I watch some tape on Bridgewater, he kind of reminds me of Cam Newton um, where you kind of make some careless decisions and it doesn't bode well. And that, that's what I kind of, I, that's what I don't like about it. It's like, now if you're trying to win games, that's not what you need. You, you need consistency. You need to understand the probability of like, like realistic errors, right? I may get a bad read. I may, you know, um, I may chase myself into some, a bad situation, but it's not like I'm trying to over, I'm not trying to compete with myself on the field. And that's a lot what I I feel with Cam Newton, like outside of the you know his attitude. That's my major criticism of the guy. And I see the same thing with Bridgewater. So, you know, I just, I don't, I wouldn't be unless there's something. Of course, there will be something that I don't know why they make the decision of starting the guy for even the first part of the season. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, well, that's if that's the case. Understand this is what it's going to cost you. That's that's the type of player I see when I see him play. So, they how about the good. rest of the team? The, the the potential starting lineup. It's not different from last year. Um, I'm not okay with the running back situation there. I, I but that's uh personal preference, but you know, you you look Well, yeah, I mean you were a big Yeah, I think Lindsay, Lindsay is the type of guy you want to start and that can give you like five, six good seasons, you know, if he's Yeah. And he's down in Houston now, right? With the Texans. Yeah. So you've yeah. got Melvin Gordon and then who else uh, is behind Gordon? Uh, Freeman, Royce Freeman. Anybody of note? Yeah, and Freeman's okay. a, like Freeman's yeah. that guy. Like he had a good, he had a good start his his first season. A, so, but he w- wasn't the guy. Yeah. Um. So, I, but I think Denver has a unique situation with running the running game. Right. They normally don't screw it up. I mean, for some reason that that's one of the squads that can figure out how to run the ball. Um, yeah. I mean, for the longest time, they were one of the few squads that was running the um, yeah. zone blocking yeah. on the offensive line. And so that was a big part of it. At least yeah. that was always my understanding was that allowed them to be much more effective in the run game. But, yeah, I mean, Denver's just in general kind of had a good track record of solid running yeah. backs, you know. Um, and I know you're not a huge Melvin Gordon fan. Just it compared to Philip Lindsay. Um you know, I think ultimately for the organization, it seems like it came down to yeah. a matter of money that Lindsay was doing a new contract. And so, you know, it's like, well, we'd love to keep you, but we, we aren't able uh, well, to. I think it was more of a willing, willing to. to. And, and Melvin Gordon's. Pay you yeah, what you're going to I think get Melvin Gordon so. probably has, like, at best, two, three seasons left. Um, and yeah. I, I look at teams on a long term play, I don't look at them so much on the, you know, what am I? What am I gonna get for like the next, you know, two seasons? That's a terrible way to look at it. You know, I just think it's. Get... I don't know if you win two Super Bowls in those years. It's not. Yeah, bad. but they they're not at. <laughs> they're not at that. <laughs> I just say, I mean, you look at like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where they kind of went all in on this Tom Brady thing, 
and they're going to get as many years out of it as they can, probably another yeah, one or two, you know, this year or but next. That, but they also, like, uh, they brought on a lot of veterans also. So that wasn't, like, Brady was a big part of the puzzle, but they also were willing to say, let's support that. Let's support this team with, with yeah. this. And I think most of their uh, defensive line is, Absolutely. like, pretty young. So Tampa's got to play on points. They can't play on defense, if I'm being honest. Like, they – They've got to play on points yeah. scored as opposed to points defended. Um, Although their defense looked good against not, Kansas City I'm in the Super Bowl. not going to deny that, but their 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 objective uh, it, is on yeah. points scored more so than, in my opinion, and I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, that's Bruce Arians. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, anyway, and I wasn't going to bring up the Seahawks, but I was just saying I think overall Denver looks good coming – you know, coming around the corner out of preseason, which has been like five, six years yeah. where that's been the case. Um, I mean, Seattle looks like doo-doo, but they haven't had Russell right. Wilson that's, out there. So I'm willing to wait and see. Like, but what does that tell you about the future of Seattle, right? What does their bench look like? Is, yeah. It's doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, like, and this is, I'm not saying, like, get rid of Pete Carroll, but he doesn't have that much longer left to coach anyways. Like, he's a good coach, man. And he is. I, I'm just saying, like, at some point they're going to have to get I think their problem is back office. Cause... I don't think it's him. Yeah. I'm really? starting to get a feel, like, and I've been reading more of the trades lately in sports, and I see more, like, even with the Yankees, it's, like, the back office will can screw up a lot, you know? So you talk yeah. about, like, the GM and stuff like that? But then, I don't know. I just, I, all, I, I feel like Pete Carroll has this vision of what his football team looks like, right? And it's primarily a downhill running team. Be and it seems to me like he's kind of like, Come hell or high water, we're going to pound the shit out of the football and then do play action pass over the top. And I just, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe maybe it's that, you know, oh, well, I'm, I'm rebirthing this trend now that everybody's, everybody else is going to spread and, you know, throw the ball around and I'm going to be the contrarian that defenses have to prepare for. Um, but I mean, you got guys like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and it's not that Chris Carson's not a good running back. It just, you've historically not had a very good right. offensive and line. And that's been the problem. We've talked about that multiple times, multiple times. It's like, yeah. And I guess like that's, that's where, you know, the, the office back office comes into play is trying to figure out the offensive line. Yeah. The, I think a lot of the trades, uh, like I was watching some pitcher swaps, uh, or potential pitcher swaps. I'm like, but why would you, why would you drop a guy that's strong for four to five innings, right? Like, it doesn't make sense to me to pick up Billy. Right? So it's like it doesn't make sense. Um, and I, but I'm also anti-salary cap. But I don't want to, I don't want to dig too deep in the wood. I, I don't like that part of sports. Um, yeah. Because I think it kind of ruins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've talked about that before. How I just, I hate it. Stuff, I, I just. So. I do not enjoy it. Um, but, oh, before I forget, uh, Messi is is going to PSG. 
Gosh. Yeah. That's dope. Like, I, I just love Messi. Like, I, I, I have nothing but good things to say about Messi. I will say this, and this is what I want to talk about, like, with soccer. The European leagues are, like, among the most racist individuals on the planet. And I struggle watching European matches at all. I typically watch South and Central America. Uh, so hats off to the U.S. men's team that won the uh, Gold Cup. That's dope. Uh, or, yeah, they did. Um and they sucked in the Olympics again, but or they didn't make it there. They're probably going to get swamped in the uh, World Cup, I think. Um, but but I think they'll get to the semifinals. Yeah. But anyway, that's hey, we won something, dude. Somewhere, <laughs> the goal, the couple couple auto is like the least important thing in the world. It's like. <laughs> I know it is. That's why I'm saying we won something. Most Americans don't even know that's a thing. I'm like, it's, it's Uh like nobody even knew we were playing for it until we won. (laughs) You think anybody was actually like sitting around watching and all of a sudden it was like, we won a soccer thing. Yeah. They don't even like, see America (laughs) is good at everything. Man, we don't even, we won the Olympics. Oh, but China got more gold medals than you did. Whatever. We got more overall medals overall. Yeah. Total counts. It's not if you ain't first or last. <laughs> no, that's Ricky Bobby thinking. You could be second, third, hell, you it's can crazy. even be fourth. Wait, you don't get medals for fourth place at the Olympics? You get a, a crap a smaller trophy. But anyway, yo, I I don't like uh Jake Paul. Not because I don't What Yeah, but I wanna see You're like nah, the only oh, one. You know. Everybody else I know well, is, just loves that. I dude. hope Tyra I got posters I of him in my bedroom. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Tyron Woodley uh, taking him on, but hit quote: "He wants the rid com- the combat sports community of the YouTube bitch once and for all." And I I hope he does, which is fine with me. I mean, like, yeah, I I would love nothing more because I'm I'm with you in that I can't stand Jake Paul. I feel like this has been nothing but a massive publicity stunt for him off, and yeah. these other people to rake rake in money. Um, the whole Mayweather, right? Yeah. Wasn't that that was his brother? Though. Yeah, it was his brother. Wait, it was. I don't make me fact my, fact check myself. Well, no, I just I Mayweather. thought that was the same guy. Yeah, I just think um, Mayweather. Who did he fight? Logan Paul. Yeah, he fought his brother. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, then I didn't realize that there was another Paul that's trying to get into boxing. I now the brother, the like the you, Logan, is a younger one, I believe. Um, yeah. That, and that I just think, funny. like, look, I'm not trying to. First of all, I'm not going to step in the ring with kid because that's not my thing, right? And I'm about to be 45, so I got to respect the fact that I'm not like a 26-year-old kid trying to throw throw arms for like yeah. five, six rounds. But if it was like toe-to-toe, knuckle down, and there was no restrictions, I totally see Mayweather cleaning that kid's clock. Like, I don't even know why that wasn't the outcome of that fight. So... Because that wasn't what they it's, scripted. It's annoying. I'm just, I mean, yeah, like I'm with you, right? But this is, this is all just been this massive yeah. money play. The whole thing, you know, like it's been, 
oh, I'm going to fight this dude. And everybody's like, you're going to get your ass kicked. And he wins. And everybody's like, what? And then I'm going to fight this other dude. And they're like, all right, I mean, that dude's not really like a boxer, but he's a professional fighter, so he's probably going to kick your butt. And then he knocks that dude out. And everybody's like, all right, this dude's really starting that to piss kid was, me off. The like, kid he fought somebody was like twice to... retired or something. So it's, it's like... Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't a boxer. He MMA was a, he was a uh, what do you call it? Yeah, but he was like yeah, a, like a grappler. Like he was a, a ground wrestler kind of guy, not a yeah. not a striker even amongst the MMA UFC stuff. And so then it's the Mayweather fight which has all this drama and build up because he's snatching his hat and it's all, you know, like oh they're going And then what does Mayweather do? He dances around for however many <sighs> rounds. And it's like it's a draw or whatever, you know, like you're telling me, I mean, like I'm with you, right? Like if Mayweather really didn't like that guy as much as he pretended right, yeah. to not like that guy, there's no way he, he they walk out of that with first eye, round with kids. I without... like, still clean. He would have been clocked like 20 times. Exactly. There's no way. Not even, you know, Mayweather out there like he would have just been like or maybe by the third or fourth round at least you know like maybe he's like all right i'm not gonna do that thing where i get over anxious right. or overexcited and like you know get caught off guard but like eventually like he's gonna knock this dude it a do few it. times and that never happened so the only thing i can assume is that everybody was on the take and it was all scripted and they all got their checks and that's all that mattered you yeah. know like and that's what this is gonna be too like i hate to say it but this feels like this is. I mean, like you think one of these guys is legitimately going to step into the ring with the threat of like. Well, I think it's kicked? a. Uh, it's a. There's a power imbalance, right? So this kid's a striker, from what I read, um, and his strike game is pretty good. So he could potentially hurt this guy, right? Um, and I, I don't. I don't wish ill will on anybody, but it's like, yo, stop calling people out, B. Like you're gonna. Well, <laughs> you're gonna call the. I, it, I'm tired yeah, of I don't the want to show. See, that's why like, people don't watch you know, boxing. Like everybody's like, like I have some friends that are like, yeah, I remember this. I'm like, yeah, but the they're not heavyweights. Like I don't watch right. any heavyweight like major titles because they're all crap. Everything is middleweight. Yeah, I, it's like welterweight and middleweights. It's like when people got like really into the yeah. Cuba slice fights, you know, like the <laughs> bum fights on the street, and it's like. This dude is literally getting paid a ham sandwich to get knocked the fuck out, like to lose some teeth yeah. to Kimbo Slice. And that's what you want to watch? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's to some degree, I feel like it's the overall degradation of combat sports are not the same like, as they used to be. I think you have no, UFC messed that up. I don't know. Because there, there's so, some I think there are some rules that like and this is. Obviously, my opinion, I don't need to clarify that, but it's like, yo, when you have a guy that his main sport is striking or boxing against a grappler or jujitsu, you are mit yeah. that is not going to be a fair fight because you, your probability of actually grabbing that guy is a snowball's chance in hell. And that's pretty much every UFC title fight. You have guys from two different disciplines where it's not even fair for the first for the first part, and somebody's getting knocked out. It's never like a it's rarely a submission, which is ultimately the goal, right? Like, yeah. what does UFC want more than anything? But like, you know, roundhouse kicks yeah. that lead to knockouts. You know, big uppercuts. You know, guys getting their face pounded in while they're unconscious on the mat or up against the cage. And I mean, yeah, like I just. 
I don't know. I was never super into like boxing either. Not that I feel like they're on the same level in that regard, but I do feel like there was an element in boxing that's kind of like there. There's technique in boxing. I don't know, you know, there's there's technique. Yeah, and it's not that there isn't technique in like UFC and stuff, but but I'm with you in that it's ultimately like it's a style of boxing versus another style of boxing, not. Can I punch you versus can grab you yeah. grab my ankle and make me t- like, you know, and it's it, not, I don't know. Like I, I get it. It's the whole like blood yeah. sport, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie thing where it's like, oh, which style is the best? How do we determine? And the only way is to just put them in a ring and let them duke no, it out. I'm and not a wrestler. Like if I, you take uh, me to the ground, you're probably going to win, but I'm not going to let you take me to the ground. I don't have the body makeup to be a wrestler, period. I don't want to wrestle you. No. I don't want you moving my arm where it shouldn't be. Anything like that. I'm going to knock you out, whether that's with my hands or my feet. So I can just imagine myself like in a UFC. And I've got a buddy that does a UFC. Um, he's a short guy. He's like 5'8", five, 5'10", five, some crap like that. And I'm like, how do you like that? Like, that can't be okay. Really? He's a short guy. Let me sandwich your height with the two heights that I described, Chris. <laughs> but he's fighting guys that are like six six feet, six ones. So they got him on reach by automatically three to four inches, right? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. They got to run into your fists, right? Like th- Those are things where it's like, it's, it's not a sport anymore. It, well, it's a sport, but it's like, you, if you're the guy that grapples or you, the guy with the ground game, you're at a disadvantage. Like, you're literally at a disadvantage. Mc, Conor McGregor um, would be the exception to the rule because he's got a good punch, right? And he's got a good ground game. So, so I'm not on, on that. Yeah, but that dude's like. I'm not, aside from everything else about Conor McGregor, and I'm not trying to, like, Mr. McGregor, not trying to call you out. I'm just saying, like, you are the. You're a unicorn when it comes to that. You've got a good ground game. You've got a good stand-up game. You can probably hold your own either or, right? I don't know why you're still speaking in the present tense. He had a good ground game. He had a good stand-up uh, game. And he broke his ankle. <laughs> <laughs> now he can't stand but, up at all. So it's only the ground <laughs> game. No, but I, I mean, like, I hear what you're saying. I'm, yeah, I... Not a Conor McGregor fan in general, either. What was it yeah. him and Mayweather that yeah. had the fight too? Everybody, I remember See, when everybody was like, where... "Yo, McGregor's going to knock him out." I'm like, he's not going to. Number one, he's not going to touch him. Number two, but was it that was like the same? No, deal, actually, that was Mayweather just danced around the ring for most. But of But Mayweather is a boxer. Like, uh, I, I understand that, but I'm just saying, like, it's not dancing around the ring. It's like, look, if I don't have to go and get that touch, why am I going to go in, right? No, I I mean I do I do understand that. I do. Uh, just the 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 strategy. Yeah, the boxing. strategy of I mean if you look at Sugar Ray Leonard, same thing. You look at um uh Camacho, same thing. You look at and I I've watched a lot of boxing, right? And you'll notice like the lower the weight class you go, the more ring movement there is. You don't have a lot of toe to toe boxing in the upper weight classes. It's just not a thing. Tyson was not moving around the ring. He was pounding you out holyfield was pounding you out foreman was pounding you out muhammad ali was the unicorn right that's what people 
like oh right. he's not in there i'm like he doesn't have to be in there because he's he's pacing you he's it's 12 rounds he's got to pace it out you can't go 12 rounds of just toe to toe it's not physically possible yeah. um and so that's where I, it's like for me it's like no i i get that people want to criticize mayweather for you know taking advantage of the ring i don't see it that way i see it as no it's just that people want a toe to toe fight this kid get no they wanted to see logan paul well, get, knocked get knocked out like that's yeah, I know, but that's and that's why people were criticizing Mayweather. Yeah. It had nothing, like I I mean, that's just my opinion, but I think it had way more to do with that like they were like I paid thinking that I was see going to see you <laughs> knock him out. And instead, this is what yeah. I had to watch. And I mean, like again, like I just I understand why. I don't I'm not saying like I don't I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I say that it was a money it was, grab. It was I will but, say it was a money grab. Like but I get also like if you're like what you're saying with Mayweather, it's like if I don't have to go in and get hit, why am I going to go in and get hit? I mean, the worst thing for him is, you know, Logan Paul catches him off guard with a punch and knocks yeah. him down once. You know, like then he well, he's going to kill that kid. So he's gonna, him, he's... <laughs> well, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it, yes. Yeah. For him, it was as much about like all I got to do is sit back and kind of play defense because ultimately, what I'm not going to do is look like these other bums that he's fought right. previously. And that's fair. Let's yeah. talk about some pop culture. Pop culture. <laughs> Yo, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in there. I know you're not ready for it. Oh, I caught up on right. my Jersey Shore. Gosh, man, I love that show. <laughs> I shouldn't love that show, but so thank you for coming to the Chris and Andre show. It's been a good episode. <laughs> this is where we'll be cutting things off early. Because for the love of God, I do not understand your fascination with Jersey Shore. Like I like trashy TV. Love Island. I think past season was awful. Is that that joint on Netflix or Fox? Uh, I think oh, it's yeah? on Hulu. Yeah, I think yeah, it's on. Yeah, I Fox. never watched that. But Jersey uh, Shore is just like, it's amazing. You know what I? Aren't they like six? They're your now? age, B. Well, exactly, <laughs> and I'm practically six. They are your age. It's like I think it's hilarious. It's just what I love about the show is like the. It's a sociological experiment, right? When they were younger in their twenties, they were just reckless. And sometimes it was hard to watch, right? Now that they're older, it's like they're putting the brakes on the stuff they used to do, which I find equally hilarious. It's like, that's interesting. Like, he, like uh, the kid, uh, Mike, quote unquote, the situation makes, a, he makes $2.9 million a season, which I find out, just outrageous. Outrageous. You're helping. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't care. Contribute. He to makes that. like a hundred. He makes like hundred fifty k an episode. That's dope. And it's just like watching him grow into like an adult, right? He's having his first kid, you know. And but also remember the fact that he was a complete douchebag when he was younger. It's interesting for me. Like I just I find it very interesting, and that is what I, why I keep watching it. It's not because I'm like, oh, this is riveting. It's like no, 
these guys are bananas, yo. <laughs> they, they make no sense. None of their life choices are good. It's just hilarious to watch. So it's the train wreck mm-hmm. that you can't look away from, basically. Okay. I mean, and that's kind of like Love, Love Island was very much the same, where it's like these people are all just a bunch of morons. Who have no, I mean, but there's no redeemable like element to it. And that that would probably turn me off. Uh, but I do like the fact that these guys are like they're you know they're having families, they're trying to figure, like you, you go through those things. I guess I'm just saying like uh, to have gotten into it at the beginning and to still be like invested at this point. It's amazing. Is, <laughs> I it is. I'm I mean like I'm amazed by you uh, being able to it's just. I mean, come on, like, this is so not the Andre Powell, like, content. Like, this is some white people shit that you're well, into it's, here. But it's also funny to see white people do some dumb stuff. I mean, you're not wrong. Like, we're hilarious. I, I just find, I find it very you know? entertaining. I'm, I, I, Gabby, <laughs> I love that crap, man. And that kid. You used to really piss people off at an area with that. Like, people would get very upset because you would scream it. I know. Gabs are here! <laughs> I, I, I know you know. But what are they going to say? What are, Like, somebody, go tell the six foot one black guy to stop saying Gabs are here. I, no. But you know what I do like about that kid, Paulie D? Seriously, like, he's a genuinely happy person, right? And and this is, like, full context. He's He's got a kid. Him and the mom didn't work out. But he still finds joy in his life, right? And he just, he's genuinely a happy person. He enjoys, like, his life. And, and those are things if you, like, for me, not just for the garbage. But if you look at the subtext, people are, we're always trying to figure out how to get to where we're trying to go. And to watch that, you know, evolution in that show is kind of interesting to me. Like, I'm fascinated by how people make decisions, how they, you know, how do they reel themselves back in? So I laugh, but I'm also thinking about the what I really care about. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and that takes some of the fun out of the show, but it's I find it hilarious. It's just like, huh, I was once 22. I was once 24, you know, and I'm, I'll be 45 now. Like, what things did I do at that age? And how did I kind of struggle through and navigate, blah, blah, blah. Uh, now, granted, I wasn't like, just getting drunk every night and wasted and, you know, jumping off of balconies and crap like that. But it's the social experiment is still kind of real. It's interesting to see what that looks like for looking at the, looking on the outside, you know? Um, sure. I mean, like I used to love the real world and road rules, you know, back when I yeah, was I watched the ro- uh, real world. Uh, I didn't like it when they started doing all those games. I'm like, I don't want to watch the games. Well, that be- that became the whole point was it was like, you know, and now MTV has their own show where it's basically yeah. just the games. Like they don't even bother having real world or road rules. It's just like, no, just come be on this game show. Like where we're going to have you do ridiculous stuff. And at the same time, we hope that you all sleep together and make drunk decisions that we can laugh but, at for years. But the, uh, the ironic part is like, they're like, they figured something out, right? So reality TV at its core, we want to know what those decisions look like. Right. We may not want to participate, sure. but it's interesting to see that, right? So you're, you're looking through, you know, you're, you're on the outside looking in at what people do or how they think or feel about something. That's interesting, right? The science of that is interesting. Uh, the When they take that away, like, or you, 
you kind of like put crack in it and turn into the Kardashians. That's not real world to people, right? Most people aren't. It's not the real yeah. world to anybody. It's not even the real world to them. Like, no, and I'm with you. I mean, it was, you know, there's been lots of shows where, I mean, it's, it's, it's the bulk of reality t- television at right. all these days. I mean, even shows like, say, American Pickers, right? It was great when it first came on. These guys, like, traipsing through the backwoods of America and finding all these cool right. antiques that they you know, are going to salvage and turn into profit for themselves. But then, like, what took probably three to five years to film and collect enough for the first season, right? Oh, this is great. We got to do a whole season's worth in, a, in less it. than yeah. a year, right? So now that you speed run it, so now everything is it becomes staged. It was the same thing with Pawn Stars. Like, same thing with o- the Orange yeah. Choppers, you know, Orange County Choppers. Like, all of that stuff that at first has this level of authenticity to it eventually gets eroded away into monetize it. you know predictable script yeah monetized script so that we can get through an episode and have something to produce so that we have advertisers right. happy like and i feel like they started doing the same thing with a lot of like the road rules and real world stuff where it became all about like instigating you know like right. conflict between house members and encouraging you know like people who are in serious relationships to go and cheat on their spouse because it's going to make for good television everybody's going to want to see that and it's like these are people's lives that you're ultimately Screw like over. <laughs> exactly like i mean it's really but you have to agree yeah. that and, the, the real secret sauce is like we're all interested right we all struggle with the same things like that's the like we don't but we don't get to we can only I guess I just I feel like it's you're interested in, in the same way that like you like you f- take issue with the fact that the most visited sites on the internet are porn yeah. sites, right? Like to some degree I take issue with the fact that the bachelor, you know, or the bachelorette is some of like the highest rated television that we have cuz I feel like you're you're playing to the lowest common denominator in that style of entertainment it's our like our basest you know emotions and it's it's almost like this i want to see these people suffer like i want to see these girls get rejected it's not That's about fair. like you know like i'm not yeah, saying that's for I, I you know. but because i would be very, I, I would be very a lot of people you. who kind of <laughs> yeah but you get a lot of people who are like yeah you know bitch like you deserve that you're it's like you don't know her. She's been on this show for like three weeks. And you're, 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 you know, you've seen you two want her things. downfall. <laughs> exactly. You know, and then five years later, when she's the bachelor or bachelorette, then it's going to be like, oh, look at how far she came. Because God, we love a redemption story. You know, I, like we just want to break people down so that then we can champion them when we build them back up. I, get I mean, that. like, what is it? Um, the 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 runner who got banned yeah, from the yeah, Olympics, yeah, yeah. right? The block, the... So that I feel like the same thing there, where it's like, oh, you know, she's got an issue. Let's tear her down so that eventually she can redeem herself, and then this is another American redemption story. Oh wait, but she finished. Last yeah, year. like in Utah, but she was. <laughs> but here's what I thought was ironic about that was she was like, keep talking all this shit. I'm not going anywhere, right? So I think they're a pair. I mean, it, it, nothing against yeah, her. Yeah, like, I can't I, run I, that fast. I, I can't yeah. go out there and run. So, yeah. I'm like... about to be 45. I'm like, yo, Ma, you do what you got to do, yo. Uh, I... yeah, my knees hurt walking <laughs> yeah. up the stairs. Yes. Like... So, Ooh. my thing is, like, there's 
Yes, you're right. Right. We look at the it's that is a very good analysis. We watch porn. We want to see people struggle and fail. I I personally don't. I want to see like what happens right. next. So when I watch Jersey Shore Family Reunion, what I'm looking for, like or what I enjoy is the fact that these aren't the same kids that they were 10 years ago. Right. You can right. always have that redemption story. If you're provided the opportunity to change, if people don't beat you up. Um, and I'll cap it off of this, like the kid that, uh, or the guy that was uh, going to be the Jeopardy host, he re- he had something on a podcast like eight years in the past, and people like indicted him yeah. for it. I'm like, wait a minute. So what we're saying here is there's, you, you don't get to change. Like at this standard, you right. can't change because you should have known in the past that what you're saying was wrong. Well, that's yeah, which I think is is a big issue that a lot of people take with the whole like, quote unquote, woke culture, right? Where it's this like this belief that anything you've ever said is something that right you now. believe into infinity, and that you are at any moment when society changes its mind in terms of how we view things, we can go back and relitigate how it is that you behaved previously, right? And I'm with you in that. I think that's crap like i think with the jeopardy host mike richards i think right um to me that was people weren't happy because they didn't like the way that that went they didn't like him in particular and so it was we needed let's get rid of this guy it was it was it was kind of like the i mean to some degree the epitome of what i think the right or you know like republicans have been kind of claiming is happening to everyone in this cancel culture you know whatever you want to call it like where it's it's like it's almost this let's just find a reason to get rid of this guy even if it's not super legitimate even if it's not something that he's done recently um and i i don't know it's the what is the same thing with the other the other host that they announced right uh Mian yeah. Bialik Bialik she played Boston yeah yeah, and was on, you know, has been on the Big Bang Theory and all that stuff, but she had some posts that people were interpreting as potentially being anti-vax. She's like a brain surgeon. She's literally a brain surgeon or uh, neuroscientist. Yeah. So here's my... And so, yeah, it's just... No, it's just, I mean, I'm with you in that. I think ultimately, like, people are going to find issue when they want to with whatever decisions you make, right? It's like... Are you comfortable with the decision that you made? To me, with is it CBS, ABC. that to me said more than anything, ABC, like we aren't comfortable with the decision that we made or backing it up at this point. So we're just going to – we feel like the easier play is to move on. Well, And I'm not saying it's the right one, but I'm just saying like ultimately that's how And that's fair. But if that were true, like if that way of thinking were true and there's going to be a penalty for having a thought – then I should hold myself responsible for being homophobic because I didn't know any different. Right. Right. And that's just like, I, it's all well and good if, and that's why I, I always caution people like, Hey, you, you may not really believe that you may feel strongly about it, but you can't cement your beliefs to something that you're not really informed about. And I think a lot of people, they cement their beliefs to what they're not really informed about. 
I know when I was younger, I believed a lot of things. When I didn't have kids, I believed a lot of things. When I had kids, I stopped believing some of the things I believed when I was, I was, you know, before I had kids. When I got older, I'm like, I really don't believe that plus this. So to say that people can't change and mature and, and to, to keep mounting social pressure for conformity is ridiculous. I just think that is like, um, and and I don't want to go like woke, not woke, because I hate the term in general. Um, it's like, what, what are you talking about? Like, please tell me that you can't, you can't indict somebody for what they did when they were in high school. You can't indict somebody for what they believe when they're in college, their world. Right. Like what's the statute of limitations on this ultimately, right? We have that legally. So socially, what is the statute of limitations on this? Right. I, I mean, at some point, you know, I like you're saying, I mean, each one of us is allowed to say, I may have said that previously, but I no longer believe that. And again, like I think even even in this case, right, like if ABC really felt like he was the right guy for the job, they could have easily had him come out and say, yes, I said these things in the past, but I no longer believe them, you know, uh, and and then whatever, whatever from there, you know, that you feel you want or need to do to try and assure people of that, whether it's, you know, I'm committed to blah, blah, blah. I don't even care. But it's like, no, instead, they just pulled the plug because they thought that was the easier thing to do. It's easier than trying to sit, sit there and but dig these are the same people this. that would and... probably rally behind James Gunn and the crappy Suicide Squad. Yeah. Or Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, yo, you can't you can't play both sides of the fence here. And since I mentioned it. The Suicide Squad still sucked. <laughs> yeah, nothing's changed over the last week. They haven't re- released the non-James Gunn version. Uh, the Snyder cut of the Suicide Squad, is that what we're going to get? He comes in and just makes everything dark and, hopefully and better because... broody. And, oh, I don't know. I, after watching uh, The Army of the Dead, I, I still I have, I have very mixed feelings on Zack Snyder in general. Snyder Cut, yeah, was, Snyder Cut was dope. Uh, I did watch, uh, I got caught up on Titan season three. Man, that show is, it's brilliant. The one critique I would have is they kind of did some lazy writing with Red Hood. And other than that, it's great. It's it's the show I need to be watching right now. Uh, have you watched it? In, no, I haven't watched any of Gosh. it. What's it on? It's on HBO Max now. It used to be a uh dc yeah. universe it's a great show right uh it's not on plaques now because <laughs> i'm selfish <laughs> like i like yeah uh what else i watched uh marvel's what if i don't really like it i have not watched any of it yet um i've seen the trailers i don't entirely understand i guess like I mean, I do. I guess just like different timelines, and that's they're they are going whole hog on this whole multiverse God. thing. I mean, you know, the new Spider-Man uh, No Way Home trailer hasn't dropped um, yet, but it's everybody's talking about it. I keep seeing it. No, it, it did. It did. I mean, like I, it's it's out there. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of Doctor Strange oh in it. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, like it's basically a, a buddy cop film with Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Not really, but I, I don't know. Like, 
I'm trying. I'm really trying to like. I enjoy the what if comics, but I guess I don't care. Well, actually, that's not true. <laughs> I. Which part I, isn't true? I don't enjoy the what like if comics. <laughs> I get that it gives the freedom to the artists and the writers to say, "What if we took this this uh, path here?" And I'm like, "Okay, that's cool." I like the animation style in the series. I don't really necessarily care for the stories, and and I think what's bothering me is that they're trying to tie it into the next phase of Marvel, which I really don't appreciate. I'm like, you can't do that. So yeah, I think you know, like to me, the What If series and it was always kind of like a it's like a side yeah. thing, you know. It wasn't the main driving force behind right. all of this, and I think. I don't know if it's just because they want to be able to add additional like titles, you know, or properties that they can eventually expand. And so it's like, well, you know, what if people really like, uh, you know, Carter, Agent Carter as, you know, the British Captain. Actually, American. I would never like that because uh, there's already a Captain Britain. No, I mean, but you know what I'm saying. Like, that, it's not you, but, and not that one in particular, but it's like, oh, okay, people really like this. We're going to make a whole series out of this, you know, and. I, I I'm know. struggling I, with I, it. Like, I, I've watched every episode, and I'm like, eh, I, I don't, there's not enough context to it. So, it's kind of like one of those things where my wife always criticizes American serials or soap operas, like, because they're too long, Right. But sometimes you need them to be longer to tell the story. Like The Office would be a good example. Like The Office doesn't make sense in, in two or three seasons. It makes sense on their run. Right. Um, Although the BBC version was only two or three and I, and I think that's probably how Americans consume stories, though, right? If that makes sense. No, there is a difference. I mean, I, I agree, right? Because the vast majority of British comedy or British television, aside from like Doctor Who... Right. Um, are short run, you know, two or three right. seasons. Um, that's just generally how they kind of do it. And uh, I don't know, like the, I, I, I find value in both, right? The ability to tell a succinct story in a, sh in a, in a short amount of time without having these, like, because in American television, where we ended up at times were filler like seasons, the entire, the, the entirety of lost. Yeah, season three in particular of Lost was the most pointless season of television probably ever. Um, other than, yeah. And the freaking crap. zombie crap. But, what is that crap called? Uh, Walking Dead? Yeah. God, I hate that yep. shit. That's another one, right? Where it's just like, they just, because it's making money, they don't stop doing it. And, you know, it's it's not that... It's not to say that there aren't people out there who still enjoy that stuff, right? It's just it's not for you and I. Or, I don't I don't even mind if you want to keep or, making or it. Like I am at that point now where I just if I don't enjoy it, that's fine. I, I you know, like I guess to some degree, yeah, it's like don't ruin but it. But you degrade the story. I, like for example, Scarlett Johansson, right? But not if I don't watch that's it. Fair. But for example, right? Like with Walking Dead, I just stopped. Me too. They killed Glenn and I was just like I'm done, man. Like that was that was way more than I needed to see. <laughs> I like, you're already killing one of my favorite characters of the entire series, and then you're going to make me see him like that? Like, nah, dude. I'm, I was I, done. Like, I watched was one more season with the Negan 
like episodes. And I, I just stopped caring. I'm like, they're, they're, the plot is always the same. It's too circular. I was like super anti Jeffrey Dean Morgan for a while right really? after that. Cause I just, he was, was great yeah, in Supernatural. Like I, but I, I, I'll, I didn't like him when he showed up when I started watching. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. But I think it's like, I think they've run into a problem, right? So on the flip side of that, I'm going to jump into Scarlett Johansson is that yeah. you ha- you can create these worlds and characters, um, but you don't know when to make it the the right situation for everybody involved, right? For example, it's not okay. just Scarlett Johansson that's getting the okie doke by Marvel and Disney. It's also the writers and artists and creators of these characters. Like I, I read an article right. about uh, the guy that created the Winter Soldier. He got like a let's say a thousand dollars or maybe ten thousand. It started with a one and and some zeros, but they gross like almost a billion dollars off the likeness and the character of the winter soldier, whether that's with right. Captain American civil war, whether that's with uh Falcon and the winter soldier. So I think her argument's actually pretty good, you know, and I don't want to yeah. like, I'm a big, like oh, I crush on her. So it's like, yeah, you know, but like business me is like, I can kind of see where she's coming from. If they told her in the contract, we're going to like, we're not going to you know do this, but then they do this plus this. Right. She's got a good argument. Uh, Disney has no no leg to stand on when their argument is, well, you obviously don't appreciate the hard times we're all going through in this pandemic because your legally binding contract don't give a about no pandemic. Like at the end of the day, it says you won't do this. And at that, at the end of that same day, you did it. So like you guys are the ones, all you had to do was go to her and say, look, things are really crappy. We were hoping we were going to be out of this by now, but we want to get this out. And we think the best way to do it is this in order to obviously, you know, recoup or recompensate you for the loss of revenue from not doing it in the theater launch. We will, you know, pay X amount for the number of watches that it gets on our Disney plus platform. Like it's not that hard, but instead Disney thought, well, what's she going to do? She's going to sue you for breach of contract. I'll tell you this: she made that character. Like the, yeah. the thing that Marvel and Disney have to understand that they picked really good actors and actresses for the roles they picked. The casting job yeah. was amazing. I mean, really like that a plus. Yeah. For the fact that they, they picked people that, could play the characters, but then that they also were able to convince to stick around to do all of the series and movies and everything. I mean, like they're screwed as, as far as that goes. It's kind of like, you're kind of screwed on that one. Uh, because yeah, like you kind of painted yourself <laughs> into a corner, yeah. right? Like, uh, and I, where DC has, has on the other hand, just kind of constantly cycled through new people playing these roles. And, but I think, you know, to some degree, like, that's what's led to some people really latching onto the Marvel characters more than the DC side, right? Like, you can get behind Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark for the entirety of, you know, Iron Man all the way through. Even Iron Man 3. And even Iron Man 3. Not a great movie. I will still <laughs> watch too. it because it's Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> like... I will roll my eyes at is it Guy Pierce and Gwyneth Paltrow and their stuff, yeah. Heat <laughs> bodies, like you know, whatever it is. Oh, you breathe fire now, uh, you know, and all Extremist, the cheesy lions yeah. that even, t- you know, um, 
which is hilarious because the guy who directed that movie also directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is one of my favorite Robert Downey Jr. movies. Um, and it's also got like Val Kilmer right before the beginning of the end of Val Kilmer. He's in, he's in a comeback. Oh yeah, but I mean like oh, the okay. first. <laughs> I don't know. I I just I support Scarlett Johansson. I don't like. I'm not picking a dog in this fight. I think that both have good arguments, um, but I also believe, and we'll talk about this later on, is that as as the company, you have to do right by the people that helps you to get where you're at. Um, and I th- I think Black Widow was a great movie. Um, I know that a lot of people didn't like it, or they didn't give it like um, five out of five stars or three out of three. But I thought it was a great movie. I think they did a good job, and I think she's got a very valid argument. Um, I mean, I don't know that I like. I probably wouldn't give it five out of five stars. I would probably give it four. Okay. You know, like I and out of three, two out of three, right? It was a good movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely two out of three. Yeah. Maybe like a sliver more of that third right. one. See my point? It's it. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just saying, like, it wasn't a perfect movie, you know. Oh, that's fair. Like, there were some plot gaps. I didn't like the villain that much. That, man. yeah, I mean, there were some, there were some things <laughs> like any movie, you know, and especially like a superhero action, but not movie. like the you know, Suicide like the whole, Squad. I will say, like, the whole the the city in the sky or whatever, yeah, yeah. The building in the sky that somehow uh, Shield just has no idea <laughs> is there, like. You're telling me that in all their flying around with the helicarrier, they didn't at one point just bump into this like <laughs> giant floating building. It was over. Ru- it was like, over Russian controlled airspace. I guess, but you'd like a satellite doesn't saying, see that. You're right. You're not wrong. I'm just. I'm. And then, like, but the best part was when they're falling, when the whole thing is like falling apart, and they're falling down and like running yeah, on that the was solar like... panels and stuff that are falling. I was just like, I remember seeing that in the trailer, and that was the stuff that made me think, like, oh my god, this movie's gonna be terrible. But fortunately, like they, <laughs> that was just a tiny little piece of it that wasn't the focus. Of yeah, the movie. it it was a good movie. Um, I watched uh, Sweet Girl with Jason Momoa, and it was a B movie but it was mm-hmm. actually a pretty good movie like I, I figured it out a little bit when they they dropped a little uh, hint to figure it out and I was like oh okay and I still I didn't I was watching with my wife so I couldn't be like oh you, you're never gonna believe it because she would slap me um, so I didn't ruin the movie for her but I was like they did that very very well like very very well um they have a couple there there's one point have you seen it no um i i watched the trailer but i haven't seen the movie okay we, I won't, we ended up watching something else last night i won't but. give you any spoilers but i'll tell you there's one point where like you're asking yourself what happened after the previous event and you're right yeah like basically you're right yeah. and then you just kind of be like okay. okay i got it and that's where i was just like Okay, <laughs> and then I just didn't ruin the movie for my wife. It was a good movie. I did. I did really enjoy in the trailer where like Jason Momoa calls into whatever TV show the CEO of the company is on, and he's like, you know, if my wife dies, it'll be you know your death sentence or something along those lines. And like in the description of the movie, it's like you know a man loses his wife to a pharmaceutical <laughs> company. And I wonder if his wife is going to die in this one, you know, and Christy's like, yeah, she, and I'm like, no, I'm just trying to be. 
it was a re- it was a really good movie. Like it even That's yeah. Awesome. So uh, the the actress that played the uh, lead, um, she was awesome. Like she did that role like fantastic. So uh, Netflix is using that billions of dollars of investment pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean they're pretty good yeah. at it. Um, yeah, we were almost gonna watch that one, and then I felt like it was gonna be a little too heavy, and so I was in the mood for something a little uh, bit more lighthearted. The first thirty minutes is kind of heavy. Yeah, that's kind of what yeah. I figured. Um, so we ended up watching Takers, uh, which I had not seen before. Um, it's got your boy Idris Elba. God. Was it a good movie? Sexiest Man Alive. Um, no, it's another one of those. It's a uh, why does he keep making these movies? <laughs> movie. Like, who is his agent, and why has he not fired them Jeez. yet? Like, this movie was made in twenty. 10 i think so it's it's old it had like paul walker and hayden christensen who thank god he wasn't in it any more than he was um he does he does catch a bullet (laughs) in the end so um spoiler alert for an 11 year old movie uh but yeah i mean it was just one of those it was another like crappy heist kind of movie you know um chris brown was in it uh was it michael ely who i really like but he was not very good in it like the the writing was not good uh ti oh snap i have seen this movie that's garbage yeah like he comes back yeah and gets him to do the job that he likes so yeah that movie is garbage it's awful it's terrible i was like half paying attention because it was so bad. I, you know what, man? Idris, I know you're not listening, but dude, my dude, come on, man. You're like, you literally are, he's a good actor. And it's like, why do you yeah. keep taking these bum roles? I mean, the trailer and the description made it look interesting enough that I was like, yo, I'll watch this. And, you know, it gets to a point where you're kind of like, you're right. in it enough. Uh, it was like, what was the other one that I watched? This was like a month ago, but I don't think we talked about it. Wrath of Man. With um, oh, Hobbs and Shaw, uh, Jason Statham. Statham, yeah, it's got Jason Statham in it. Um, that's another terrible. I'll tell you what, he's like one of the best action actors on the planet. He's good, and he's good in it. But the movie itself is just terrible. There's nothing around it to like even the whole setup and everything. It just none of it makes sense. It's like somebody somebody had a very narrow idea and someone we could make a movie out of that <laughs> and somebody else in the room was probably like i don't think you can make a whole movie out of that and like and then you know someone else is like you know we've got jason satham under contract for 17 more films i bet he'd take the role yo like there is there are a few actors like sean connery was like that guy for me it's like man don't ever do a crappy movie and and like he never did a crappy movie um it is just like I guess know your worth. You know what I'm saying? Like Idris is a great actor. Um, I just, I can't get behind him doing crappy movies. I just can't. Yeah. It's getting, it's getting kind of hard to, it's, I just, it's getting to the point now where I feel like everything that I choose that has him in it is bad. And so I'm going to stop wanting to watch movies that have Idris Elba in them because I'm going to believe that somehow he's looking at scripts and thinking, I can save this, but no, Idris, you can't. Like, you can't save it. Just stop. 
just only up. Ryan Reynolds it, can save a crappy script, man. Because I mean, apparently, <laughs> like, like I want to see. Speaking of which, free guy, I want to see it just because he's in it. What about uh, Hitman's Wife's Body? I haven't Runner. watched it yet. Have you seen it? Okay, I, yeah, we watched it. it. Um, it's just Ryan Reynolds I saving mean, the movie, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Like I. Those movies to me feel like Sam Jackson's least amount of effort he's ever. He put just has to say for like once or twice. Yeah, I, I think um, you know in the second one, what's her name? Um, Selma Sim- Hayek. Oh gosh, yeah. Right, like she really is the one who makes that really? movie. Um, Ryan Reynolds has some really good lines too, for sure. Like, but the two of them together is is probably what it what it. But you know, like she drops a whole bunch of mother and other profanities and with her little you know spanish accent she's amazing yeah love her love her um but yeah so like that one was pretty good i enjoyed that um again so idris like and not trying to give you career advice because you are the sexiest man alive i've never been that guy dude like you should be hitting home runs man like see but i feel like this is this is karma for him why this is what he gets for being um, the sexiest man alive <laughs> no i was gonna say for what's it what was the what was his character's name on the wire uh i never watched that show bomani jones is always talking about how much he hates that character and like has a hard time sometimes seeing idris elba in other things because all he sees is this this horrible person yeah. from Baltimore. the wire I, I just, I, but i can't watch but really because i never watched the wire either it's uh it's his role from the office charles on the office that i i hated him so much he was so unreasonably like <laughs> mean and i i laugh because part of me thinks like that's exactly what you would do if you walked into that office like you'd see jim in a tuxedo and you'd be like Really? Like you got time for games? You could, you could be selling more. You know? Okay, can, can I get that rundown? Let me get that rundown. And I love that character. I was like, yo, that's so dope. Yeah, and I but I hated it because at the time I was like, no, I'm I'm like You're Jim, right? I'm, I am not Jim. I was a Jim. Yeah. I started watching this guy on YouTube. Uh his channel is The Company Man. Brilliant. Like that's yeah. like my I could not coming at you, dude, but I could definitely do that whole channel and love it. It's so addictive. Oh, was this the one that you sent me um, talking about the why Costco? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I I really I mean like the the video is interesting. You know, like I think he he does a good job of kind of breaking it down. Um, and I know that I'm I'm a self proclaimed business genius, but it's always the fundamentals, right? The things that we always talk yeah. about. Hey, your customers don't care about your problems, right? They, it, your employees don't care about your your crap. Just treat them right, right? And the Costco yeah. video is a, a pretty good depiction of that. They they actually sell at a loss. They treat their they pay their employees better than the average. Those are things that people should get behind. And it's like I I've been addicted to watching like multiple episodes. I'm like. Yeah, I could totally do that channel because I agree with not just because I agree because it's true, right? And yeah. I like the fact that he takes the he'll take the balance sheets, he'll take the the company earning statements and because they're all public if they're pub- publicly traded and talk about them. And those are all things that people that invest actually look at. It's like no 
your comp sales are shit. Like you shouldn't open any more stores or you have too many stores or you have, I'm like, yeah, that's totally dope. So, um, I, I say that to say this, there's, there, there's a very good, um, if we use the tools and the, and, and the resources we had for good, it'd be beneficial, not just porn. Um, but I, I really do enjoy com the company man, uh, YouTube channel. Um, another one is cracked. I sent you the one about the uh, mega churches. <laughs> yes. That was pretty, what do you think about that? It was hilarious. I mean, it, yeah, it was exactly what you expected. I mean, yeah, it's just the over the top, you know, satire. Yeah. Um, but I mean, very accurate right down to the, like the, um, 35 year old the leader who, yeah, who has no experience and like, you know, is facing multiple harassment charges and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, uh, what was the other one? Oh, you sent me the Jordan Klepper, oh. like best interaction with the Trump folks. And I couldn't even watch it like all the, the way Trump through review? because any of that. Yeah, it just it it still frustrates me. I saw like him trying to convince people in Alabama now to go get vaccinated. And I was just like, no, like it's too late for that. Like you you made your bed and you're going to lie in that. Like they don't want to hear it. Like they're going to boo you now when you tell them to go get vaccinated. That's how bad you messed this up. I, well, let's get into it. Let's talk about politics. Yeah. It's time for politics. I, I, um, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Like I, you know, like last week you said something where, you know, um, it made me think and kind of push back on myself where I was like, well, you know, somebody commits a heinous crime murder is probably a good, you know, you should probably give them the death penalty and you push back. And like, even after we recorded, I was like, huh, am I right on that? Right. Um, I, I don't have a stance. Like, if that makes sense, it's kind of like I, I kind of had to draw back and say, well, you know, how do I really feel about this? Um, like, for me, does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. I'm empathetic and sympathetic. Like when you, you tell me about your family, like where you, how you guys are, I'm like, well, do I, does that same thing translate to people I love and care about? Right. And it's, it's always the, you can believe that all you want don't marry it because until it hits your front door, like you don't really know how you feel about it. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. and I, I, I often catch myself in that same circle. Um, I do know when it comes to COVID and Afghanistan, because those are the top two things in the news that are as a country, our bias is showing like we literally, to use uh, a former executive from Eurea's phrase, we literally shit the bed on this one, right? In, in both cases. Um, yeah. And I don't have a solve for it. Like, I want to be empathetic and try to show some some, some type of sympathy, but I'm struggling yeah. with it. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, let's start with Afghanistan. Um, I'm not an expert on foreign policy or war um or 
hunting down terrorists <laughs> <laughs> in foreign countries, um, nor do I play one on TV. I like that. That was pretty good. I, you know, like I, I understand that there's a lot of people that have felt like we didn't really have much business kind of being there in the first place. Um, at least not to the degree that we were and think things could have been handled differently that probably wouldn't, wouldn't have led to where we are right now. Right. right. Um, spent a lot of money to basically end up in the same position we were in when we went over there. Um, I also understand understands probably not no i do like i understand the president biden's administration saying like we're getting out of this this is we're done like this is it i think it probably could have been handled a little bit better than how it ultimately got executed right i mean the the stampede of people to the airports and the air force bases to try and get airlifted out and evacuated um, has been a complete shit show, like on a massive scale. Right. Um, and there's no way that they shouldn't have had some, it's kind of like January 6th where it's like, there's no reason you shouldn't have known that this was a possibility at least, if not like a strong possibility right. that this was going to happen. Um, so ultimately like, yeah, I think, they botched it, but – and I don't buy the the argument of, like, well, this is going to happen no matter how we did it, right? Like, I get the idea that, yes, like, you're creating a, a power vacuum over there, and most likely the Taliban were going to fill that vacuum. That part, you know, like, I get that. Yeah, sure, that was always kind of inevitable in that regard. But the unnecessary, like, panic that has set in – I think, you know, is where is more where I take issue with kind of how things have unfolded. Um, again, this is maybe, you know, we find out this was the best case scenario that trying to plan all this stuff would have allowed for opportunities to attack and, you know, weaken or, you know, kill lots of other people. Like, I, I don't know, but it seems like there could have been there should have been a better way to kind of handle all of this. But, I mean, what do you do when you spend 15 years in a foreign country, you know, blowing up huge swaths of their infrastructure and then leave without really fixing any of it? Like, so I'll I. Um, Sorry, that was a lot. No, that's, that's that fair. Um, the one of the facts of the argument still holds true. We took down the Taliban 20 years ago with less than 300 troops, all, all no. special ops. Um. So, and that's a placeholder, right? What I what I kind of struggle with is the fact that the prior administration did not implement anything they negotiated prior to leaving office. Uh, sure. And they had like probably, uh, let's say, 75 to 90 days to do some of that. Um, and then I would say, the aftermath of Afghanistan is is very similar to me of the aftermath of, of Vietnam, where we let politicians mm -hmm. get in the way. Now, I I firmly believe that once we killed Osama bin Laden as a country, we should have like pulled out, um, and called it a day. Probably like you know hunkered down in Iraq, 
and then the left Iraq in the Middle East from Iraq as opposed to Afghanistan, uh, where we had most of our troops. So on a chessboard, I still I believe that President Biden's right. Like at the end of the day, there was not much as as we're trying to honor an agreement that was made with a prior administration, uh, which should which should have probably never been made during an election year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let's let's nominate and vote on some Supreme Court justices while we're just saying. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> there's time for that, and there's time for this, but. I'm 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 gonna throw the, no I I know I mean you're... on a chessboard like our options and this is not to be like or or desensitize myself to the fact that there's been loss of life there have been people and I watched a video of somebody falling from an airplane like two or three people and I was like what the actual fuck is going on right yeah and it was hard for me to watch but they played it again and I watched it again I'm like yo this is really happening so the math never made sense for it to not be chaotic. But when you look at it objectively, we, we as a country, not an administration set up that stage. So now we we have like what, uh, 5,600 troops and some NATO forces over there. What if they swarm on the Kabul airport? If we have to delay, right. If we can't figure out a way to like fine tune that. So there, there are things where it's like, at the end of the day, we we agree we want to get out. We don't have we've already implemented a strategy. It's gonna be messy. We gotta suck it up. And that sounds very, 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 very messed up to say. But we're past planning implementation of an extra of the exit strategy. We're way right. past those that. parts were already done. At this point it's we have to implement what was already set up. Yeah. And um, and that's I mean yeah, and that's that's where I, I feel like we're we're very much in the same ballpark there. Where it's like you know I I get that there were some some limitations, right? Like some significant limitations yeah. in terms of what the options were, right. and so it could be that what we're seeing before us is the best case scenario. I've um, said this, I, I've I, said this time and time again when former President Bush left office, got back to Texas and said, look, I made the best decisions with what I had. Like, I don't want, if this is the best case scenario, I don't want to see what options B and C were. Well, yeah. That's... <laughs> like, like, literally, if this is the best we got, it's kind of like, we're not in that office right now. Like, we can't even, like, pull a trigger on that. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, option, I would have to, like, I would assume the other options are we redeploy 300,000 troops and we shut it down. Like, But are you really shutting it down or is there, are you just delaying again? Nope. You, mean... you shut, this time you shut it. Like, if you eliminate the po- political, like, strife on Vietnam, the U.S. would have probably shut Vietnam down, right? You eliminate the political strife on Iraq, we literally shut down Iraq. If you eliminate like how people feel about Afghanistan, understand this: all the Taliban's in the same spot right now. Like you shut it down, and you, like, I guess I just don't see why. I mean, because we had that many troops over there at some points, right? Because politics became the play. 
like when politics becomes a play and we're spending billions and trillions of dollars to like add infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. Most of most of, of the native people of that country don't want that. That's not what they really want. And, and that's just like being honest. You know, I don't want a well. I'm used to going, you know, 30 miles to get water or whatever it may be. Like we spent, we didn't, as a country, I don't think we asked what they wanted, right? Well, yeah, it's... And we, it's like the, the the equivalent of the startup company that's like, hey, we don't have health care, but we do have pool tables and <laughs> snacks and beer, right? And it's like, no, I'd rather have health care. Well, we didn't ask you. We're just telling you that this is what you get instead. Yeah. So there's a lot of unknowns that people are like jumping the gun on saying we should like, nope, let's stop. Right. Let's let's be respectful of like where we literally are right now. There are things that ha- that predicated what we did today. Yeah. It may not be pretty. It may not be like the, the, the Disney picture you're looking for. But we're going to try to accomplish getting out. But if we if we had to, like literally, we could probably shut down the Taliban. We did it with less than 300 well, troops. Yeah, I mean, yes. Like, but do you want to really destabilize? Do you want to really right, destabilize exactly. the entire region? Right. That Which is part of the whole point, right? Like they were... But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I I'm with you in that. Like, I don't have the solution. You know, I don't know what the, what the better option was. Fuck the better. Pardon me, but fuck the better option. What were the worst two options? There had to be four options on the desk. There had. I... Well, sure. I don't want to know what the worst options were. <laughs> Gee, like you said, like this is as bad enough as it is. Like I'm I'm. If this was a best case scenario, like I'm glad this is where we're at, and it's not one of the other ones. Um, but I, I guess I just meant like in terms of our entire engagement there in Afghanistan, that just we should have pulled out after Bin Laden. Yeah, I mean that would have been the the right timing behind everything. But we didn't. You know, there was there was money to be made. <laughs> just saying, <laughs> like I'm just saying, like yo, yeah. we got dude, we found him, we they, they put bullets in his head, they dumped his body off, and like completely disrespected his family. So, like in no. hindsight, forget nope. Like if you don't want to cause a war, right? If you... Oh no, I mean I'm with you on that. Like I, but that's I mean that's what we do. You know, it's like. Oh, we killed you, and now we're gonna piss on you too. Yeah, like he's fucking dead. Like, what? You feel better now? Okay. <laughs> I mean, so like there, there were some like there were like actions that were going to happen because of how we handled that. Not placing blame on anybody, but let's yeah. let's say collectively on prior administrations. Please stop pointing fingers. Like I saw uh, uh, Bush, you know leave a video message about how we care about like, dude, I hear you, but come on, dude, your hands are dirty. Uh, president Obama has been quiet. I appreciate that. Uh, the, the, the fat boy, he had something to say. Yeah. I didn't want, I, how, yeah. I'm like, I, dude, like what, like you set all these, these plays in motion and he tried to, he went past a couple months to try to like, at least make it a little bit better. And it's still a shit show. So no, I mean he he you know he he does what he does, and he just says it would have been so much better if I had been there. You know, I would have done it right, and that's all he ever does. And then when it's when he is there, 
and it doesn't go right, it's not his fault. Yeah. It was somebody else. You know, somebody. It was either the person that he put in charge, which isn't his fault. I mean, you know, <laughs> he hires only the best people. Yeah, and yet all of the best people ultimately get fired because they can't stand working with him. Well, let's talk about the scumbags since we're already there. So, uh, Lauren Bobert, Bo Bobert, uh, her husband is a consultant for a gas company. Yo, yeah, almost a half a million dollars unreported, and she still has a job. Yeah. Can't believe it. I, I mean, I can. Like, there's how much pressure finally had did it take before Cuomo resigned? Like, oh man, I knew you're gonna do that. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, and I'm not. I'm not trying to bring that up to like to specifically like stick it to you. But I'm just saying, like, that's where we are at this point, right? We we went from Al Franken, where a picture, right, and somebody saying like, yeah, he kind of like grope me inappropriately or made an inappropriate gesture dude like immediately resigned right that's fair I'll, I'll give you that and now we're at the point where you know you've got multiple people claiming improprieties you have an in, like an in an investigation that's ongoing and then that turns up evidence and he was still like no i'm good i mean you what you gonna expect the governor of new york to retire Simon. I'm not perverted. I'm Italian. Hey, it's not even a good New York accent. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Um, but that's what I'm like. I mean, you know, we've been sitting here like uh, not we, but people have been upset about Matt Gates and Lauren Bobear and all of these people who they feel like have done horrible things or have been accused of doing horrible things, and they still have jobs, right? Still have places in the government. Still have you know representativeship or whatever it is. Um, and I, I'm just why people are amazed at this point is beyond me. But what gets I mean, what gets me is like the Republicans are they're they're like Teflon Dons and this stuff. Yeah, well, because ultimately they realize that their voters don't care. They don't care about those things. All they care about is how are they going to vote? Will they vote for gun con for no gun control and for abortion control? Like those are the things that they care about. And not all of them, I know, but like seventy nine. That's a of huge, them. exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's the vast majority of that party or that voting block. Those are the two things that they care about, and the you know, freedom of religion, which really means my religion is enforced on everybody else. Yeah, well, those are our scumbags, and uh, Marjorie. I guess Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene, they both got married. Um, all right. Okay. Like to each other, or uh, no. <laughs> some chick actually married this kid. Children night. would have hooves. <laughs> some was it? He was uh he was engaged before, wasn't yeah, he? Like, he's, he's, he's been engaged for a while. Yeah, he married that chick. So I guess that. Uh, okay. And uh, some reporting says that he actually asked uh, Trump for his blessing. I'm oh, like, good. I'm like, yo, come on, my dude. Like, you got to get off that. You know, it's it's. What I'm actually waiting for now, and I'm going to call it, I think there's going to be an implosion of the uh, GOP. They're, they just can't. They can't. Keep, I mean, I'm waiting for it. They can't, man. They, they cannot. There's like math doesn't work that way. Like there's no way you can have that much contention inside of a group of people that doesn't like you, you don't implode. But see, like this is where I think the GOP figured out something. Yeah, fear. That, well, the, but that the Republicans or the Democrats have never really been able to understand. And that is that 
on the GOP side, they have a relatively solid voting block, right? Mm -hmm. Like more or less in both chambers, they can get people to just step in line with whatever it is that the party leadership wants. You have a couple of like Cheney and Kissinger and those guys who are like the little stragglers out there, but 99.9% of them are going to, whatever Mitch McConnell wants them to vote, that's how they're going to vote. And Democrats are like, no, it's cool. I mean, you've got your opinion and I'm not saying it's right. Like that's, this is where I struggle where it's like, I want Democrats to fix stuff, but I don't want them to do it the way that the GOP has been operating. Like I don't want that to become standard operating procedure for politics because that's no better when it's on the other foot. Right. Like, you know, it's what we've talked about in that what you don't end up with is any collaboration, right? You don't, it's this, and it's not collaboration for the sake of collaboration, but like, can we actually come up with what's the best idea to solve these problems? Right. You know, like all of the Democrats aren't going to have all of the good ideas. All of the Republicans aren't going to have all the good ideas. And it's not necessarily about compromise, but how do we, how do we get the best out of both groups? to be the stuff that rises to the top. Whereas now it seems like it's much more likely that it's the crap from each group that's going to rise to the top because those are the ones like we've talked about who are being the loudest, you know, they're the ones who are screaming and and just clamoring for attention. And for a while, like I was as guilty as the next person of giving it to them, you know, like, yeah, go progressive agenda. I don't care what you do. Just get rid of this stupid (laughs) GOP. Right. I mean, like, There was a sense of that. Exactly. (laughs) You know, it was like, but at the same time, like, I'll be honest, like going into that whole election in 2020, I kind of thought that this is how things would ultimately play out if the Democrats won, right? That it would be like, okay, we won, but we still have to say that everything is bipartisan because ultimately like that's who we are as a party. We're all about like extending, you know, our, our hand across the aisle to you know bring our brothers from the red over and it's like i get that but to some degree you have to say like guys this is what the country needs well this you're either the, on the board centrist, with us or you're the, not the centrists like, and the moderates are like going to become like the weight that drowns the democrats in my opinion um they don't and, and that's again right like an issue that the gop does not suffer from yeah they're lock and step with whatever is going to get them reelected. And there is no, um, I don't think there is a middle ground on that. Um, Here, here's what I think. And it's probably shorter than your, your thoughts. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's, I don't think that was a compliment, but okay. It was in its own little way. I think that at the end of the day, right is right. And wrong is wrong. Right. You can only, you can only steal so many times before you get caught. And I don't think we have the runway as a country to like test those those bounds, and that's what I think that the Republicans are doing. I think the Democrats are spectators to that event, and they're they're flirting with the idea of is that what we do next? Kind of to your point, right? To to win. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you fail by coloring outside the lines. It's just not yeah. going to work. I mean. It- if your opponent is cheating, right, to win, you cheating to win does not make it fair. Yeah. Right? Like, it, 
it doesn't make your you know oh well they were cheating too so it it you know my cheating is totally warranted and valid because they were also cheating no like you still did the wrong thing at the end of the day you're both wrong yeah um i mean ffs two wrongs don't make a right i tell my seven-year-old all the time america like but that's i i mean honestly like it it's not the same but it is it does play a little bit into my feelings on what we talked about last time just with like the death penalty and everything you know like that taking another life for someone who took a life doesn't make that other life come back. It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't rectify me, the situation. This, yeah. Yeah. That's not justice in that same sense where I respect that. I, I told you, I respect that. It's, yeah, it's a good, no, I, it's I, a good pushback, but it's like for the sake of but what do you do with those people? Yeah, for the, you know, for the, like, that's the other question. So we're just going to stick them in a jail cell and, and, but to some degree, I'm kind of like, yeah, like, all right, your punishment is you don't get to be part of society. You know, like you you are removed from society and all of that. And maybe that's not enough for some people. But to me, like, you know, the whole like I would rather uh, a thousand guilty men go free than one innocent man not. And I like, I guess to some degree, like I kind of I, I feel that way. And I I feel like as a country, we've started to flip that where it's like, no, nah, man, I. I I don't care if we have to punish some innocent people. The guilty ones are going to get it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and that gets, that gets into the whole philosophical debate about what – or the, the real definition of justice, right? And there's – Sure. That's where you know I, I kind of got stuck at last week. I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a fair point, right? Um, I don't know, but I think the Democrats seem to try harder. Um, I would propose it is like stack up the bills. You modify them as administrations change, and you 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 work on that agenda, but the agenda has got to be with foresight. It can't be on the short term view. You cannot rewrite your agenda every two years. Yes, you can. You can. Okay. Not much is going to change. We've been bitching about healthcare for well, years. We've been bitching. But about that's what I'm sure. But I'm saying, like, ultimately, you have to have an actual game plan, and oh, it seems like so. We're saying the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I I wasn't trying to argue with you. I was agreeing. And okay. Trying to help make your point, but I'll just back off. Since obviously, you don't want my. We're not idea. having that today, yo. <laughs> anyway, so let's go to life. Life. So I sent you an article about the the typical American Gen Xer, and you actually said that uh, you you probably align more with that than. Them. Yeah, I think I do. Like, I mean, I have older parents, um, right. you know, so I think that, that that plays a little bit of a role. Like they were in their um, early to mid thirties, I think when they had me. And so um, like I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of dealing with that. Like I've got a kid that I'm raising, but I've also got parents who I don't like take care of them. It's not like, a, you know, right. but I'm at that. I know that that's not, it's potentially not too far far off into the future where they're going to need help you know just i thought um, that i thought that article was very insightful um and what, what i got out of it was like i say a lot of the same things that the 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 journalist was mentioning I'm like yeah I, I, that's kind of like 80 percent of my worldview you know uh somebody's all right, somebody's yeah, I was sitting here like, is that here or there? And I'm like, no, that's definitely there. Um, it, it is 80% of my worldview. Like you think about it, it's now three major crises 
and and in my lifetime it's like people are complaining about what like this is normal right um so i i, I found it very uh insightful that you said that yeah i kind of i lean more towards that than uh millennials right and i mean granted right like we've talked about this before that i am on the top end in terms of age for my group right, right? like i'm i was born in 84 so I'm 37. So like anything, 83 is when the millennial typically kind of starts. Um, so I'm right on that cusp of kind of being in the Gen X group as it is. But um, I think like I'm probably not. It's, well, I guess it's not really true. I was going to say I'm not as old um, as which I mean, like, yes. But you got to stop really. calling me old. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, no, I wasn't trying to call you old as, as old. Oh. Um, <laughs> Age is not age itself is not a bad characteristic to have, right? It's sure, age, sure you experience. Can, you can say that when you're younger, but uh. <laughs> no. But see, it's funny because like we talk about about uh, we've talked a lot in the past about life experience, right? And that somebody who's 25, it's not that you're not smart or that you you don't understand these things. You just haven't experienced them, right? You know, and that as you experience these things, it can and often does influence the way that you view tangential topics or, you know, related things. Um, and I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately for some reason. It's just been coming up more and more as it's like, you know, you know like I, I get that, that, um, you know, like someone who's who's only had a couple of jobs and, you know, is maybe generally had success is not going to see someone's struggles in the same light as someone right. who's who's worked really hard and had a lot of issues and overcome a lot of obstacles that you know but at the same time you see somebody who some people who in that situation are like well i pulled myself up by my bootstraps you can do it too like they have no empathy well, for, for the person in that situation but then you have to look at like those those actual generations right because that may not be far from the truth right um because if you grew up in the 80s, if you grew up in, if you started your career in the 90s, there was a lot of pulling up from the bootstraps because things were like, oh, crap, they're falling apart a lot. Um, so I don't think that term is uh, inherently bad. I just think it's inherently just misunderstood. You know, it's it's very dismissive of the fact that people have challenges. Um, and then when you like throw the complicated factor and variable of race into that, it takes on a whole nother dynamic, which a lot of people can't relate to. Um, yeah. And then when you shy on the side of, of, of a quote unquote conservative viewpoint on those things, it, it gets even more complicated if you're non-white. So all those things are true, but they're not always the facts of the situation. It's It's basically, it's all perception. Uh, and that's, that's kind of weird to say, but I, I kind of, I've been thinking about it a lot too. I'm like, huh. I, I mean, I've listened to a lot of, uh, stories about how people, especially children struggled with school during COVID and how there's been a lot of, um, uh, like social anxiety and their performance in school dropped because of, you know, how things change. And I was very desensitized to it because I'm like, yeah, but not everything goes your way all the time. So get over it. But that's basically how it was programmed because I wasn't right. a latchkey kid or, you know, I had to learn how to adapt or I had to learn how to like, uh, face adversity. I was uh, talking to my wife. Uh, maybe I talked about this last week. 
And I think that a lot of times kids typically struggle now because they haven't had to face adversity. And I think that's been a lot of the, um, uh, the challenges that younger people have faced in our society, especially during the pandemic. It's like things have generally been good <laughs> all yeah. the time. Um, and you haven't had to struggle or, or go without. So, you know, just those are just my thoughts. I just find, find it very interesting. No, and it's, you know, like I think for me, obviously, like, you know, your life experience, like we were just talking about, heavily influences the way that you kind of see these things. And so I think. For me growing up, like I, I wasn't aware of much in the way of struggle, right? right? Like there were times where we didn't have much money and, you know, we're kind of like slapping things together, but it wasn't, it wasn't ever like the whole family was like, we're broke. Like everybody needs to understand. Your lights were never shit. cut off? We had the power cut off once. Oh, that's good. I think that I recall, um, and this was before college. Like I had power cut off all the time in college because I didn't get to pay my bills, spend that beer money. Um, but yeah, it was just like I, I didn't even realize it when the power got cut off. Like you know, I went immediately went to my neighbor and was like, "Hey, you guys got power? Our power's out." And he was like, "Yeah, we got power." And my mom's like, "Would you shut up?" Like. <laughs> Get back in the house. I don't need the whole neighborhood knowing we just had the power turned off, Chris. That's yeah. hilarious. I mean, like that, you know, that was just. You your, your mom is getting a hug for that. She's like, she's, <laughs> would you shut Why are you telling people my business? Exactly. I mean, like, yeah, that was good. But I had no, I, you know, it was one of those things. I guess at that point. I'd never really thought about like paying your bills, you know, right. and like that when you don't pay your bills, like they turn that stuff off, you know, like power is just one of those things as a kid that you think is always there. Right. It's just power. <laughs> the only reason it gets turned off is because there's a storm, right? Like <laughs> the power got knocked out. It's not the power company said you can't have any anymore, you know, like. Even in California with rolling brownouts and blackouts and stuff, it was never you like that. You can't be the odd man out. Yeah, right? I'm not like, well, just us? That seems like a weird brownout, but okay. That's what funny. about you, neighbor over here? Shut up, Chris! <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. But yeah, so like, you know, I mean, like, but I, it never, it was never one of those things where I was like, oh, man, like, we must... Even then, I I probably just assumed it was more like, oh, we forgot to pay it, you know. Right. But then growing up later, I found out like, oh no, like we were, we were pretty broke at that moment. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, like, I think you know, to some degree, like my parents, I think, just tried not to make a big deal about it, you know, or make it like a thing that the whole family worried about. I think they kind of worried about it on their own, and we're like, well, the kids, you know, we don't need to burden them but i know that like that's not an option for everybody not right. everybody can make it seem like everything is fine and that's so i i understand that in a lot of ways like as bad as it may have been for us it's probably nowhere near as bad as it's been for a lot of other people so i i certainly don't you know look at that and go like man i really had it rough that one time our power got cut out growing <laughs> up like i don't want to be that guy that everybody's coming at afterwards being like dude like no i get it i'm just saying like this is my experience no, I, I think that's dope, though. And, and I think that, you, you know, you can always, you always look at life through a filter, right? Yeah. You just have to decide how you want that filter to be. 
and I um, want a fisheye lens so everything's yeah. all like. <laughs> and I, and I, I think like I didn't know that about you. That's that's kind of dope, right? So like you know we'd have the power cut off is like because mom's broke. <laughs> yeah, you got to make that sandwich last for a minute, you know. Like and yeah. but you learn from those experiences, and I think that. Um, and I don't say that people have to go through those things to be an adult. Right. I think adversity also helps you to build character and it, it kind of helps you to, you know, have level footing. So another thing I thought was interesting about their article is that Gen Xers are typically, they have higher debt, although they have right. higher wealth, but it's, it's typically in assets. Yeah. Um, those are things where you want to kind of like you can learn from those things if you're a millennial or if you're um, whatever generation my daughter is. I don't know what they call them. Um, generation is it Gen Z? Z, yeah, Gen yeah, yeah. Z, yeah. right? But yeah, I, but I also she, I, mean, I often get like kind of offended that we have to group everybody into categories. It's like, but it's we... like everything. I mean, you know, like we we as a species i guess which is its own categorization right love to group things because it makes it easier for us to understand and remember them but it also takes away like uh so one of the things i learned in a sociology class and then later on in life was that i one of the greatest desires for human beings is to be understood right mm -hmm. and so when we categorize things we, <laughs> we're doing the exact opposite we're doing the exact opposite <laughs> so it's like well, what do we want? We desire to be understood. And when you remove that from the equation, it makes it the unknown variable. But what generation are you? Now, we need to have a shared understanding because if you look through all the threads of all the different you know categories that we have, yeah. they're all pretty similar. Right. It's just- I mean, ultimately, like, what's the point of, of having generations other than to compare them, right? right. I mean, it's why, we, it's why we group and categorize and label everything else is so we can say, okay, I have an acorn from this oak tree and I have an acorn from this oak tree. How are they the same? How are they different? And we do the same thing with generations, right? Except that because it has a personal element to it, just like I think with race, right? right. And nationality and a lot of these other things where it's like, then it becomes your bias of, you know, like, well, I'm from California, so I only like California oak trees, you know, or whatever it is. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, my generation is the best because of this. And you have the generations on either side, like that generation's crap. They didn't have to deal with this. And it's like, well, yeah, because you guys did that. Isn't that a good thing? Yeah. Like, shouldn't we not have to fight Nazis again? Because you guys <laughs> fought them the first time. Yeah. Or, or you know, finish I, the job. <laughs> like, why do you start right. it? I mean, it's funny because, uh, of course, I'm going to relate this to pop culture in some way, shape, or form. But there's an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where the Captain Holt. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're killing me. It's okay. Dude. How do you but keep Cap all this shit indexing your head, yo? I don't know. I just do. I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine a lot. It's one of my favorite shows. But Captain Holt had set up this you know, group that was like the African-American uh, police the gay police detectives association it was like had this ridiculously long name and it was for like a very kind of like niche group for two within people. it yeah but the, the, it had grown significantly and so he had always been like the president and this you know young member comes to him and is like hey i just wanted to say like i really appreciate the organization and that's why i'm letting you know like i'm going to be running against you 
for president, I have some ideas that I think could help, you know, bring the group into the into the next generation, blah, 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 make it whatever. And so at first, Holt's like, oh, who's this young whippersnapper <laughs> who thinks he's coming at me like we're going to destroy him. And someone finally he's like, you know, well, he has he didn't have to go through all this stuff that I did. And she's like, isn't that the point? Like. Shouldn't we be celebrating the fact that he didn't have to face all of that discrimination and go through all those hardships because the previous generation, you, made it so he doesn't have to do that? Like, you made things better now. You helped to do that. And I think, in a way, like, generationally, that's how we should be looking at this. It's not like, you know, kids these days have it so easy with their technology. Yeah, because, you know, previous generations busted their ass to figure out how to make that technology work. I mean, you have the entire world in your pocket, basically, at this point. You can contact and reach anybody at any point, more or less. And we look at that as some sort of hindrance to our society and connection, as opposed to, you know, like the fact that, I mean, yeah, if it weren't for all of the generations before, we never would have come up with that. Well, that's a good place to close, man. Look at Brooklyn (laughs) Nine-Nine dropping knowledge over here. I'm like... That was actually pretty, uh, it's pretty dope. Yeah. And, wow, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have nothing. That was dope. I think that's the first time this has ever happened on a podcast episode where Chris, like, just had the thing to to close it out at the end there. <laughs> yeah. Look at Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's some right? dope stuff. Um, Captain Holt is one of my favorite characters. He's He's great. Yeah, I'm not gonna even try. Like, I I can't even. I got nothing for that. That's that's actually pretty dope. I mean, all all I say like is we need to appreciate and and, and like uh, like respect the shared knowledge, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much what you encapsulated right there with that Brooklyn Nine Nine reference. Um, this is why Andre. This is why I keep this all up here because at some point it's, it's gonna useful. come in handy. It's gonna help me make my point. <laughs> Yeah, you like you like shut me down right there. I'm like, yeah, that's that's dope. Um, I respect that. Yeah, we're super glad you guys joined us. We we have episodes coming out. Um, we just released one today. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's so, like six months old. I know, not right? Quite that long. I but. hope not. But hopefully, what we'll do is we'll be able to catch up here soon. My boy's getting married. Uh, super excited about that. So I'm gonna go hang out with him and and. Uh, share with his family that special awesome day um i'm like really excited my checkbook's excited too because it's, <laughs> it's like chris no more weddings this is it <laughs> like, yeah. like you gotta just like <laughs> cut it out <laughs> no, I, I understand and i do appreciate the sacrifice from everybody uh, no, I, and i i'm really i'm no I, and i say this from the bottom of my heart i'm really happy for you um and i don't get to see christy a lot but I tell her i said what's up and i'm really happy for you guys i'm excited you. to be there um and get to see my little buddy yep um so we've got that coming up um life is happening so hopefully soon we'll get these seven or eight episodes just we're probably just going to change our format just get them published you guys hopefully like them and we'll get back on track sooner than later uh but you can always catch us on uh wow man i almost i I haven't said this in so long i forgot um (laughs) 
a week since we recorded an episode. I think I did. I did hit the outro music early last time, so I don't even think you got to go through it. So maybe that's why. Okay, so uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts. Tune in, and if you're super adventurous on our website, we actually have our RSS feed. Um, we're glad you joined us. If you have any comments you'd like to send to us. You can always send those to comment at com. Nope, that's wrong. It's the Chris and Andre Show. Yeah, no, it's what is no, it? It's it's, it's it's comments at Chris and Andre Show dot com. Yep. Um I'm Andre at Chris and Andre Show dot com and I'm Chris at Chris and Andre Show dot com. Man, we're getting rusty. <laughs> but as always, I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. And we're glad you joined us. <laughs> You're such an idiot. What Thank you.